Welcome to the podcast Rise and Play. I am Sophie Vaux, your podcast host. I bring together leaders, entrepreneurs, fund makers, investors, and educators who are here to make a change in the industry. For a brighter and healthier future of the games we will make, and how we will make them. We're here to start a conversation because listening and asking the hard questions is sometimes enough to inspire change in us, to take the leap to. Let's begin. Module 1.9. So here we are at the step of phone screen, which is among the very first interview you can have with a candidate. And basically, it's uh, the screening to know if you are even looking for the same thing, if it will be working, a match, if you go further in the process. And this is where basically there's a lot of filtering with the candidates. If it's yes, no, this is one of the biggest steps. So that's why it's really important, I think, at this step that the team lead is involved because you, have, you are the one to have the best vision of who you, will, you want to work with and who will define as well a certain dynamic in the team for the rest of the group you already have. And I want to share in this section my top questions in the phone screen. So my first one, favorite one, is uh, what I call push and pull. How do you move from a job to another? So through this question, I really want to understand and not necessarily having the person um, going over the CV and, and listing what they've done, but I want to understand the motivation they had, uh, their own story, when they joined a certain place and when, what was the point of the transition they have to move to the other place and so on and so on, and why today they want to move again. And this is the place where I find interesting because it tells a lot about the person, about what are the drivers, what are the motivations, what are the things that maybe they try to stay away from that made them leave, you know? So you understand a lot through these stories, what are the transition points between jobs. And then my other question is about career motivation. What are you looking for in your future jobs? So here, I want to understand what is important, what, the, what does the person value in a job? Is it, uh, for example, I heard uh, some certain candidates saying, hey, I would like to become a director one day. I would like to be managing people um, or I would like to become an expert in my craft or I just want to learn. I love to learn and I want to continue learning and I don't feel I, feel I learn anymore in my current job. Very different motivations. And from that, this is where you know what you have to offer. You know what you can offer in the current job. You know what's possible in your organization or in your studio. And you know already at this point, is it going to be a match? I think it's a very important question to understand the really deep motivation of a person and be very transparent with them if it doesn't map uh, match with what you have in plan for your studio in the coming years. And then one question is about self-assessment. So what are your strengths and what are your areas of development? What are your weakest points? So through this question, I, I really like to ask that because I want to understand how people uh, perceive themselves, how do they know about themselves, uh, have, have I ever thought about uh, their skills, their strengths? So I want to assess also through this question, how much do they know themselves? And sometimes I have 
I have answers where uh, people cannot even answer in detail about this question because they don't know their strengths, their weaknesses, and it shows that then, okay, they, they don't really know about their, um, in the profession, what makes them really strong and what they have to develop. So that's something to be aware of. And some other were really going into details, knowing exactly the area of development, why, giving concrete example. And it tells again a lot through this question. Team values. This question is about what is important for you in a team and not what are your deal breakers. And I love this question because again, it's it, it, through the answers of candidates, through what they say and how they say it, it also tells a lot. Uh, do we have anything to say about a team? Sometimes very uninspiring answer. It's like, you know, just a good team. Um, and it's fine, but it, it just gives me a picture, an idea of how much a team is important, how much do we think about the team, and if so, what has been the experiences in the past, what do we value a lot, and a very a lot of uh, answers I answer, I heard as well through interviews were um, about communication, for example, in a team, or how important it is to get along uh, as friends, you know, with a group. And it's things important to know and to note to make sure that the environment you're offering to the candidate, is it matching really what is their expectation? And the question about the deal breaker is also one to know what has been the negative experience? How did they deal with that? Um, how did it affect them? So that for me as well, if we go further and we hire the person, I do my best and make sure that what traumatized the person in their past experience doesn't happen to them here. I really care about that. And let me share here, maybe more in details, my uh, screening process uh, with the questionnaire I usually use. So I'll share that as, as well at the end of the course through um, Download Bones. But when usually I have a call, I have different sections where I have a screening checklist, I look at motivations, other values. I'm interested also in the hobbies of a person to understand just more of the overall picture. And as the interview goes, I look a bit into these different criteria that are important for me, that I mapped out, that are related to team values, as I have mentioned, and what is uh, the soft skills necessary as well to integrate the team, and what are the motivations. And yeah, this is like my own personal scorecard that I keep for candidates to just understand about um, really what, what is, um, where is the candidate, how are they going through the process? What are their uh, values? And at the end, to look at the whole picture. So this is more my personal uh, spreadsheet, just for my own structure and remember about my conversation with the candidates. Module 1.10, team and cross interviews. So here, this is a step a bit further. So we touched about the phone screen, the technical test, and usually I do the team and cross interviews after the test. And this is a step where actually, this is really where you test if the team really blends well with the candidates. And um, out of COVID, of course, this is a step where you meet in real life, spend the day together, but these days is through calls, unfortunately. But this is a really an important step 
because in the end it's not just about me uh, if I like a candidate and think it's a fit but it's also for the peers and the team members do they see the same thing as well and it's like the process at this point is really out of my hands and why I care a lot about this step is because it's a bottom-up approach and I have seen a lot of times where, for example, new managers, new leads or senior roles are hired only by the manager. So let's say, for example, I would hire a senior developer and I'm the only one who has decided and went through the process to hire this person or the technical director of the organization. And I think um, it just uh, covers a partial picture of what it should be because in the end, the person joining will spend most of the time actually with the team members. A developer will work with other developers, uh, also with other team members, designer, artist, producer. And I think it's very important for uh, the candidate, and not only for the candidate, but also for the team, that they get to know each other through these steps. And I see this as a two-side interview, because in the end, uh, it's a good opportunity for the candidate to also get to know the team and see, is it a team that I would imagine myself working in? Do I, yeah, do I connect? Uh, is there a chemistry with the people in this team? And the same way for the team members. And about the cross interview is uh, peers outside of the team. That one is very important as well because yes, sometimes we can fall in love with a candidate and uh, I, you know, once I have loved on the first impression a candidate, then I may not be completely objective about the person and may also, I hope not, but may still influence, you know, other members about, hey, look, this candidate, it's awesome. Uh, I think that person would be great for the team. It's a sanity check to have people out of the team who don't know any context about who a person is, uh, what they're joining for or what we have said even about the person before and they really check uh, the candidate on a cultural level with a different lens. And that has been a very, um, even for me as a hiring manager, useful step to just see if there are some blind spots I didn't see or incoherence, you know. And about the interviews, when you have this different peer interview, whether it's the team or these interviews outside of the team, it's very important to have a clear focus. So when it's a team interview, then the focus is more um, team fit, team values, is very good chemistry, good conversation, maybe asking some questions about how um, the person deals with different situations. Culture fit with people out of the team, really are looking into cultural values inside of the organization. So for example, where I'm at, at Voodoo, we have six values. These are checked in, um, in this cultural uh, interview. So it's very important to have different focus for the interview so you learn a new information each time. And I wanted to share at last um, about like our process and how we hired for the team. But for all the applicants, and I had quite a lot of applicants that I had to screen, to source, um, to call. But through the phone screen, passing the test, the steps where we had the, the hardest step to pass was actually through the team uh, and cross interviews. Because in the end, it's not so much just about the skills, it's also about the character, uh, the team uh, fit, and does the person 
really want to join the team, do the team members have connected, it's much more complex. But in the end, it turned out that really was the point that we had to filter a lot to really have at the end what we call our dream team and really an exceptional team I can say today that we have because we spend so much effort in the process to really make sure that we have for us the right people who really wanted to be here and with the same values. And at last I wanted to share with you interview questions. So interview questions is uh, what I share uh, with uh, interviewers so they have a little of briefing and preparation when they have no idea or inspiration of how they should approach the interview. And uh, here is a reminder of what are our team principles on the first part. In the case like being at Voodoo here, what are also the values of the organization. And I made a section here about the do's and don'ts and red flags. And here, for the interviewers, they can go more in detail about what type of question they can ask and pick some of them and depending on what they want to focus on. Like, for example, if they want to focus on the particular value that is uh, of our team, there are several questions around that. Or if there are some questions more about the hard skills, there are some questions about that and so on. And I will share uh, this template of uh, questions for interview, also part of my materials at the end of this course. Module 1.11, identify the red flags early. So as we went through a bit the steps and the interview process, this is like a practice. You will get uh, more used to it and trained to identify the red flags. But once you see them, they mean something and it's important to see them early in the process and verify if uh, they have a foundation. But I share with you here what are my top red flags after this practice and after having talked to many, many candidates and interviews. So first is motivation mismatch. So motivation mismatch is really when you start to ask a question about the motivation of the people, what they're looking for or why they uh, quit different jobs to get what, you get a good sense as well that what they're looking for. And for example, if they're looking for status, uh, recognition, promotion, and they're against nothing wrong about it, but you don't have a structure that can support to give immediately a promotion or you're just starting and so there's no place for promotion at all, it's, it's really important to, from the beginning, to, to cut it uh, really from the beginning and say clearly, look, this will not happen where we are because it's uh, not where we are and be super honest, transparent from the beginning, and it's a favor for the two parties. So understanding quickly, if you see there's things uh, that the candidate is looking for and you know that you will never be able to provide it, at least with uh, your knowledge of the present, it's better to say it now and see if the person is fine with that or not, and let them, you know, uh, get out of the process if indeed uh, what you have to offer is not what they're looking for. Character inconsistency, another red flag for me. Inconsistency is usually through different interviews and discussion. So for example, when I see a candidate has had a great interview with uh, one step, but a terrible one in the other where other things were um, said or showed, this makes me think, okay, there is something inconsistent. 
And uh, after a series of interview, when you can see that the candidate is not very consistent in the behavior or in the impression uh, that he or she gave, it is a red flag because it shows maybe there's not even clarity from the candidate of uh, what they want or maybe a bit of manipulation. So I would watch carefully this one as well when you start to see incoherent and inconsistent results through the interview steps. Another one for me is about talking bad about past companies. And we all know we all have had sometimes bad experiences in different places. And yes, uh, games is hard. It's a stressful environment sometimes. And yeah, there are things as well you can, everybody has bad experiences. But it doesn't matter then in the present where it has happened, it's the past and maybe there were some reasons, circumstances. You know, you don't never know the context about it. And it doesn't give a very good impression when somebody comes out of a bad experience, bad job, bitter, angry, and really talking bad about past colleagues or companies, because even if they are right to be angry, they will bring that anger, that negative energy, unfortunately, in the new place. So this is where, as well, I take it as a red flag. And it's really nobody's fault. I really understand that there are sometimes really damaging experiences in the workplace. But what you do about it and how you overcome this to, you know, bring another energy, positive energy and, and create something better is really up to the candidate. And that's what I would like to see and not, uh, you know, the attitude of complaining or um, ruminating the past. And another red flag here, bad references. So again, when you have a candidate and sometimes we have the official references from the candidate, but you know, game industry is a small world and it's really easy to know somebody who knows somebody and who knows somebody. And for me, it's a very bad sign already when there's a candidate and I hear consistently from several people, oh, it's, it was bad to work with this person, that person was not behaving well, etc., etc. So it gives also awareness for candidates because sometimes it has happened to me and I give clearly the feedback to the candidates. And it's an opportunity for them to understand as well that when you live in um, your past workplaces in a bad conditions, it follows you, unfortunately, and it follows you in new jobs. But nevertheless, this is one of the red flags I see. And I wanted to share other flags, more orange, but it's some that you can also spot in interviews. It's more profile I call opportunistic. So really, you ask the question, why did you apply? It's like, I, I need a job, or I need to leave the country, I wanted to move to Europe, or uh, you know, I'm looking for something, just checking here and there. And at least for me, it's an orange flag because I really want people who are really motivated to join our team. We are small, every uh, new person joining matters. And I don't want to feel that the person came by opportunity and then leave in six months because they found a better opportunity. So look, watch for this one. And uh, frequent job changes, very common when you see through the CV, ask questions about it. Why is it, uh, you know, that's many changes over the past years. Sometimes there's a good reason for it, sometimes there's not, so it's something I will inquire. And uh, at last, and it's not an easy one, that's why I put it orange as well, because it's not that black and white, but emotional instability. 
What I mean by that is um, when people are sometimes not in the best situation personally or have been uh, professionally and um, they, they may come with some baggages. And this is where as well it's tricky because even if we can care for people as candidates with problems they have when they go through the process, it is not our responsibility still to hold it in the workplace. And it's important to understand that if you onboard someone with a, a situation a particular or instability in this moment, it will affect also the team uh, that you have worked hard for, uh, try to pro really protect, to keep a good environment. So it's something as well to be aware of and to inquire as well. What's the situation? If it's something you believe that uh, we can overcome or is it something you're not sure and it's better, you know, to also stay away and it's fine. Thanks for listening to this new episode of Raise and Play podcast. If you enjoyed the content and want to support what we're doing, rate and review the podcast, spread the word about it. If you'd like to contribute to the change too, reach out to me on LinkedIn for a collaboration. You'll find all the rest of the content on riseandplay.io including my free masterclass on conscious leadership. Until the next time, 